What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Trey and BK Live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Monday, August 28th, 20 and 23. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. And I know everyone's going to have a fantastic next weekend because it is officially game week for Texas Longhorn football. That's right. The season opener against Rice just six, no, five days away what day is it it's monday i just said that five days away from the longhorns taking on the rice owls this saturday at 2 30 at dkr college football is officially back and that is glorious trey what's going on brother how are you i'm doing great bk and yes the end of the off season is finally here thank goodness we did get some real football on Saturday with week zero kicking off in college football. But now it's really starting to matter with everybody else playing that first game of the season. And uh, we're less than two weeks away from the NFL season getting going now too. So congratulations to all of us. We made it once again. And I need to give a quick shout out as we get started here today to my lovely wife, Justine, Celebrated her birthday on Saturday. You were a part of the festivities, BK. It was a lot of fun. Started at Uchiko. uh, Made our way to a karaoke bar in Cedar Park after that. Not exactly my scene. I don't think it's your scene either, even though you were having yourself a good time. But uh, very happy to get to celebrate somebody so special to me. Happy birthday. Beautiful. Yep, it was a ton of fun, and I'm still hurting a little bit from some of the festivities that occurred on Saturday night. I didn't do a whole lot yesterday. I don't think you did a whole lot yesterday. I know Kevin Dunn didn't do a whole lot yesterday, but that means we had a good time the day before, and we definitely had a great time the day before. So, yes, shout out to your lovely wife, Justine, your much better half, celebrating a birthday over the weekend. And, yeah, that was uh, that was a ton of fun. But if we're dragging a little bit today, yeah, I know it's two days later, uh, that that explains why, because of some of the shenanigans we got into. One of my happiest moments, though, BK, was introducing you to the uh, fatty belly cut of tuna. Otoro is what they call it on sushi menus. Uh, I don't know if I've seen such a response out of you with something you've consumed outside of Taco Bell in our collective uh, existence together. So uh, I'm glad that uh, you now know what Otoro is all about. Yeah, that is the closest thing to a Crunchwrap Supreme that I've ever had in my entire life. That uh, Otoro, I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know what part of the fish that is. I don't know what fish that is, but uh, they they did a good job up there at Uchiko. And yeah, I'll, I'll be back. I could eat a hundred of those things, dude. Those are dangerous as hell, man. Man, so it was fun. Uh, we did have some college football. We'll give our takeaways from week zero. Not a ton of action, only seven games this past Saturday, but you did have a couple of top 15 teams in action. So Trey and I will give our thoughts on that. But of course, we're talking Texas and Rice. Look, we're going to be previewing this game throughout the week on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We'll be talking about it. Chip and Zay from one to three will be talking about it. I know Chip is at Steve Sarkeesian's press conference right now, and he's going to hear from some of the players as well. So they'll have some quotes for you a little bit later today right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But Trey, the Longhorns now a 35 to 35 and a half point favorite against Rice. The last time these two teams met back in 2021, it was a beatdown, 58 to nothing, the final score. That was the score at the end of the third quarter, right? The Longhorns let off the gas and didn't score in the final 15 minutes, but they had no problem taking care of Rice a couple of years ago. I'm not sitting here saying it needs to be 58 nothing again, but uh, hopefully the Longhorns can make it look as easy as they did a couple of years ago 
and find a way to cruise to a nice season opening W. Yeah, cover the five touchdown spread that exists right now. That is, you don't want to put it all on Vegas in a situation like this, but I want to see Texas win this game by 40 plus points. That is not too much to ask considering all the hype we've heard this offseason. I want to see that passing attack click. I want to see a defense that's flying around all over the place, pressuring JT Daniels, yes, for apparently one more run. Uh, this is going to be the third third different team that he gets beat by the Longhorns, hopefully, when it's all said and done on Saturday. And uh, I just want to see the, uh, the proof in uh, a lot of the positive, confident talk that's been going on for the last several months now. I swear, man, nobody graduates anymore. Like, how does JT Daniels still have college eligibility, dude? That guy was in school when I was in school, I swear. And I'm 29 now. You may be right about that. Wasn't it sure this, feels like it. Wasn't your last year the uh, the year that um, – gosh, was he with USC when they came to Austin? He was definitely at USC, the uh, the game that was in Southern Cal. Yep, yeah. No, nah, that was the 2018 game in Austin. I think it was 2017 okay. out there at USC. Uh, I graduated in 16, so I'm, I'm rounding up a little bit. But, God, he's, yes. that guy's been in college forever. And you're right. Texas has kicked his ass at a couple of different schools. I got a hunch we're going to make it three on uh, on Saturday. It is wild, though, that Rice is quarterbacked by a former five-star recruit who also started his college career at USC. But that is the uh, transfer portal era that we are living in now to where – if things don't work out for you somewhere, you just hit the portal and you go somewhere else. And obviously, Daniels has done that twice. Now, JT was at Georgia for a small amount of time. Was he actually on that Georgia team that Texas beat in the Sugar Bowl? Oh, I forgot. He started there, too, didn't he? It was USC, Georgia, West Virginia, and now Rice. I have no idea if he was on that team, dude. Like How is that rat for college quarterbacks or something? Good that's, lord, that's bullshit, man. Like I should be allowed to still be in college. If that guy's still in college, I should be allowed to still be in school for free. I don't know what my scholarship would be in. I think journalism is giving out too many scholars these days. But if JT Daniels can still be in school, I should be able to still be in school too. Absurd. I think you can uh, you can practice your predatory ways around West Campus. Go down to Dirty Sixth Street. Nobody's going to fault you for that. Hold on, I don't need to practice. These things are ready. Okay, they're <laughs> ready for game day. Like JT Daniels, he's been in college working on his craft for a decade now. I've been working on mine for a long time too. Um, look, the big thing to score. We want to see everybody play. Like yeah. Sark, we'll, we'll give this quote. We'll have some audio and video of Steve Sarkeesian on tomorrow's show, of course. But Sark basically said everybody except for Maurice Blackwell is going to be available on Saturday. We, we talked about it on Friday. Uh, Blackwell is going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season, which is a bummer. I don't think he was going to start for the defense, but he was going to be a rotational piece in that linebacker room. Already an area where the Longhorns don't have a lot of depth. Not ideal that Maurice Blackwell is uh, going to miss a few weeks. But it is ideal that he's the only guy who's hurt, right? Like Texas – you know, there's still five days till game day, so I'll knock on wood. But they avoided the super catastrophic injury during camp this year, which is a great thing. So hopefully we get to see everybody play in this game against Rice. Hopefully the Longhorns are coasting by the time we get to halftime, but definitely by the time we hit the end of the third quarter. And we'll get to see a lot of guys make their debuts on the 40 acres, but also just a lot of bench players get some run in a real game day experience on a Saturday in the fall. 
Yeah, Jade Barron was dinged a little bit at the start of camp, but he seems to be fine now too. And so, yeah, that is the biggest positive to come out of fall camp as much as any one guy may be winning a job is that you are uh, about as healthy as possible going into that very first game of the season, BK. And how about this note from Inside Texas from their uh, Monday scoop a little bit earlier today? It looks like we may see a true freshman starting on offense at running back. According to Inside Texas, what their sources are telling them right now is C.J. Baxter will be the first guy uh, lining up next to or behind Quinn Ewers in that backfield on Saturday, edging out Jonathan Brooks for starting carry duties, at least as it stands right now. That's crazy. Yeah, from everything I read from the Longhorn scrimmage over the weekend, C.J. Baxter continues to impress, and he's going to get a lot of playing time. I don't know if he's going to get the first carry of the first game of the season, but he is going to be a serious part of this Longhorn backfield in 2023, and that's a good thing. Like I think Jonathan Brooks is really good. I don't view this as... Well, Jonathan Brooks might not be that good. And, uh, you know, he's he's not going to be anything close to what Texas has had in the running back room the last couple of years. And he has more questions than answers. So we have to go to this true freshman because he's just a better option than Brooks. And I think this is, hey, Brooks is good, but C.J. Baxter might be a special talent. I don't think he's Bijan. I don't know if anyone's Bijan, right? It feels like a once in a two decade type of running back at a place like Texas. But man, CJ Baxter, the hype around him since his high school days in Florida. Obviously, that was a huge recruiting win for Sark and company. And he has turned heads throughout the course of fall camp and he has worked his way up the depth chart. And man, that is wild to think that he he actually has a chance to be the starting running back for this team. Once again, not a big deal if it happens, but uh, I, I do expect big things now. I already did expect big things from Baxter, but if you're hearing reports like this during game week that he might be RB1 on this team, then I think uh, everyone's expectations just went up another level, Trey. Competition breeds greatness. I love this for C.J. Baxter and him coming in ready to win that job, and I like it for Jonathan Brooks, too. I think Jonathan Brooks is a competitor. We saw him keep his head in the game all throughout last season. When he finally was given his chance to shine, he did so in that bowl game lost to Washington. So I think that this can potentially bode well for Jonathan Brooks too, that he's just going to be that much more determined to show he has what it takes to be that starter when he's given that opportunity against Rice on Saturday. Here's your JT Daniels career timeline. Thanks to Jake for this one. USC in 18-19, Georgia 2021, West Virginia last year, and now Rice. Where will he be next year? That's the question, Trey. Oh, gosh. I mean, let's see. At this point, he's gone west to southeast to Atlantic hillbilly land with West Virginia. Now he's in the state of Texas. I don't know. I feel like he needs to find someplace in the uh, far north, maybe a Big Ten school after this. You know where he would fit perfectly? Actually, he's never played tight end before, so Iowa's not a good school. Maybe something like Minnesota next year. Okay. That 12th year of eligibility. Oh, God. They have a quarterback who's been there forever, too. Is that guy still there? The bald dude? Oh, I'm so mad at myself for not knowing his name. That guy, I swear he's been in college football forever. He looks older than P.J. Fleck does, dude. <laughs> the damn quarterback. He's been bald since like the fourth grade. Yeah, I like that. Big 10. That, that feels like a, a good fit for JT Daniels before he makes the move to the XFL because that's that's probably what's happening for him once he finally – hopefully he's actually graduated college, right? Like Stetson Bennett apparently hasn't graduated from Georgia, which is absurd because he was there for eight years. Like hopefully JT Daniels has at least graduated from one of these schools that uh, that he's attended over the last fifteen.
if JT actually does make it professionally as a football player in the XFL or maybe USFL, he's not going to be an NFL quarterback. But if he makes it in one of those spring leagues, I feel like there needs to be a rule in said league that he's only allowed to stay on a roster for a single season before he has to find <laughs> a new team in the USFL. I like that. Or he just has to switch leagues in general. Like he's been switching conferences, so he's just got to go from XFL to USFL to CFL and just bounce around and hell, probably in five years we'll have another spring league that we've got to talk about. But the fan-controlled football league, you heard about that one. Yeah, that, That's a thing too. Uh, whatever the hell uh, An- Antonio Brown was in charge of, I think that was an arena team. I guess arena football still exists. We're going to have to get JT Daniels in that league, although hopefully not for AB's team for his sake because that guy doesn't pay anybody. But, yeah, he's, he's got to bounce around, man. He's, he's got a long way to go in his football career. None of it's going to be in the NFL, but he's got a long way to go. Maybe they need a quarterback in the lingerie football league that uh, got started up a few years ago. Equal opportunity. Here we go. That's what we're doing nowadays. Uh, you brought up C.J. Baxter. I heard Anthony Hill had a really good performance in that scrimmage on Saturday. And that's what this game is about. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Like, you want to see everybody play, and I think everybody is going to play. But this is our first opportunity to get to see these freshmen. Now, yeah. some of these dudes were early enrollees. We got to see them a little bit in the spring game. But they've gone through a full off-season weight program with Tory Becton. They've obviously gone through spring practice and now fall camp. These guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and better now than when they were in April when the spring game took place. Like C.J. Baxter, Anthony Hill, Jonte Cook, uh, Malik Muhammad, who is continuing to get rave reviews, like all of those dudes, to actually just see them instead of just read about them or hear about them in conversations with insiders, to actually get the chance to see those guys on a game day against another team. That's what excites me the most about uh, this Saturday's tilt. Absolutely, and it's interesting to read also from inside Texas that there's quite a battle going on at that field cornerback position. I know you just mentioned Malik Muhammad. Uh, He is apparently on the boundary side, but the field cornerback is coming down to Terrence Brooks, who I expect to uh, really make some plays this year. I think he started to turn a corner at the end of last season, and we're going to see that confident five-star kid uh, that was recruited out of the DFW area. And Gavin Holmes are in a fierce battle to see who starts there. So once again, competition breeds greatness. The fact that these guys are both fighting hard and that both have a good argument to be starting for this football team at cornerback uh, bodes well for the overall health of the roster. And even though we are uh, enthusiastic to see what these true freshmen or redshirt freshmen can do on Saturday, BK, it obviously begins with uh, that Quinn Ewers renewed sense of purpose, just to see uh, how on the same page he is with his wide receivers and how it's going to feel like we're watching a different guy play football this year, just based on the basic physical stature change, but also a guy who looks more locked in and is doing a better job of going through his progressions too. Yeah, I want to see it against Rice. Like I know people are going to reserve judgment about Quinn Ewers' 2023 season until Tuscaloosa, and obviously when we look at the entire season as a whole. But I want to see him look more comfortable uh, against Rice. You know, I want to see him be able to make some more plays with his legs. Obviously, he shed a bunch of weight. He's in much better physical shape. I want to see his legs be a little bit of a weapon in this game on Saturday. And yeah, hopefully the decision-making is is good too. And look, I, I don't expect there to be a lot of adversity. Lord, I hope there's not a lot of adversity. But if there is a bad mistake by Quinn Ewers, if Texas does turn the football over, I want to see how he bounces back. Because uh, that was something we've talked about a lot. He really struggled at that last year when things didn't go his way. 
he didn't really have the easiest of times finding ways to turn things around. Uh, that's got to change. To be a successful, consistent quarterback at any level, you've got to be able to overcome some adversity and bounce back for your, from your mistakes, from your teammates' mistakes, whatever. Uh, shouldn't be a lot of that on Saturday, but those are all things that I want to see from Quinn Ewers. And you know, I expect to see Malik Murphy, and I expect to see some Arch Manning too in the second half of this game. So, like that's like Arch Manning making his college debut. If that does happen, then I know this is a nationally televised game, but I got a hunch like Sports Center is going to break in and be like, oh, here's Arch Man. Like that's that's going to be a huge deal too. So to see what the future of the quarterback position looks like beyond this year, I know we're all excited about this year. We've got high hopes and expectations for yours and this team, but also to get that glimpse of what uh, the future of the QB spot looks like at Texas, that uh, should be pretty fun as well. Did they change the number for good a few years ago with regards to how many games you can play as a true freshman and still maintain that red shirt? It used to be four, I want to say, but yeah. I think they bumped that up to six maybe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was a COVID-only thing or if that right. was uh, – it's at least four, right? So, yeah. you know, our Arch and Malik can play on Saturday. And, well, I guess Malik has used his red shirt year, so it doesn't matter really for him. But Arch can play on Saturday and not completely burn his red shirt. God, that used to be such a big deal, dude. Remember that? Like, I was in <laughs> – this is funny now in hindsight, but Texas played a game in Fort Worth against TCU – I don't know, 2014, 2015, back when I was in school. And I was only there for four years, JT Daniels, you jackass. Uh, and it was like a rain-delayed game. There was like a three-hour rain delay. So a bunch of people left. But Texas ended up blowing out TCU in that one, one of the rare times that that's happened since the Horny Toads moved to the Big 12. But, like, Texas is cruising to a win. And Ty Tyrone Swoops was a true freshman. And this was before the four-game redshirt rule. And Tyrone Swoops got into the game, and one of my good buddies, the guy I went to college with, lost his shit, dude. He was so mad that Texas had burned the redshirt of Tyrone Swoops in like the meaningless fourth quarter of a game that Texas had already won. It's like, why are you doing this? This guy's the future. We're wasting a year. What are we doing? And it turns out that, you know, I wish I wish that redshirt counted as all four years for Tyrone Swoops. We we couldn't get that dude out of Austin fast enough. No disrespect to Tyrone package, though The 18-wheeler package. I don't know if I could say what I say and then say no disrespect to Tyrone Swoops after that. Like that was, I was incredibly disrespectful. I don't know if I could just throw that caveat in there and, and be like it's all good. Yeah, that wasn't even a stray. That was a direct shot at Tyrone Swoops. <laughs> Hope Tyrone's doing well wherever he's at now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that used to be such a big deal, and now it's – Either four or six games. I, I can't remember exactly when it what it is. Honestly, based on whether it's four or six helps determine whether I want to see Arch Manning on uh, Saturday. Because if it's only four, then I want to try and preserve those just in case, uh, you know, that break in case of emergency situation. So Malik Murphy, yes. Maybe Charles Wright at the very end just to ensure that you're not – uh, one closer to that four number. But if it's six, it's not nearly as big of a deal. And then I do want to see Arch Manning. Three we got Barry, Barry Sorrell in the chat right now. Is that three, three sacks on rice? Okay. I'm in on that. Sorrell? Is that really Baron Sorrell? Could be a family member. Could be Baron himself. I don't know. I sure as hell hope we, uh, we see you with three sacks on Saturday. If that's really you, Barry Sorrell. Oh, that'd be a great start. Even if that's not Baron Sorrell or any Sorrell in the chat room, I hope we see three sacks from Sorrell 
on Saturday. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we see from him this year. Five and a half sacks last year. He's the best edge rusher that uh, that Texas has on its roster. So um, I'm expecting a leap from him here in 2023. He could start off the season with a three-sack performance. And by the way, like that probably means that happens in the first half too because I think Texas is going to have the game in hand and a lot of the starters are going to be sitting on the sideline, relaxing in the second half, trying to avoid the ridiculous heat that's yeah. coming up on Saturday. If Sorrell gets three sacks, that means it probably happens in the first half. Then it's like, hold on here. We might have some real, real special. And we do have an answer on whether that's Baron Sorrell or somebody else. It is somebody else, BK. It's Baron Sorrell's dad, Barry. Welcome oh. to Texas Sports Unfiltered, Barry Sorrell. We are really high on your son this year and can't wait to see what he and his D line mates can do to, uh, to wreak havoc on opposing offensive lines and backfields throughout the course of this season. Absolutely. Shout out Mr. Sorrell. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for uh, watching Texas sports unfiltered and uh, spread the word about what we've got going on. Hopefully you like what you hear and hopefully you keep joining us for future episodes on this channel but yeah getting to see baron sorrell and then also on the other side of the defensive line right just the defensive line you and i have talked about this a lot trey that is a huge reason for excitement like chip and zay on their friday show i think were ranking the position groups for the longhorns going into 2023 and they had defensive line number one and i think you can make a strong case that the d line as a whole is the best position group on this team now i would go wide receiver that would be my number one uh, I think you could make a case for the D-line. I think you could make a case for the secondary. The quarterback room is obviously deep, but we got to see a little bit more from Quinn Ewers, I think, before we talk about that being the strength. I think it's a strength, but that being the strength for the Horns this year. But the D-line, man, with with what they've got on the inside and with uh, some of the intriguing players that they have on the outside, D-line's got a chance to be really, really good. And if it is, this team's got a chance to be really, really good. This team has a wealth wealth of riches right now, BK. Like, I could make... The argument for the defensive backfield being the best position group on that side of the ball. And that's no slight on the defensive line. It's that uh, both units are really good and not only filled with veterans who have proven it over the last few years, but also highly touted young guys who are in the mix for playing time as well. We are, uh, to, uh, to paraphrase Steve Sarkeesian from earlier in the offseason, this roster does feel like it's in as good a place as it's been in a long, long time around here. So now... It is time to uh, to put the actions uh, into effect and to show that uh, what you've been saying all offseason, both the head coach and also the players, uh, was legitimate. And I, I think that we see something special happen this year, starting on Saturday, but then moving into that week two game. And I know that the team themselves are not looking forward to Tuscaloosa, but us fans, yeah, we're looking forward to that game. I think we're uh, we're in for th- something special in that game too. Does that mean Texas wins that game? Not necessarily, but I think that it is a dogfight throughout, and they will put themselves in position to win that game when it's all said and done too. Yep, agreed, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. All right, I'm dealing with our app. I think our app is giving us some issues right now. Let's do some technical stuff out loud here as we figure this thing out. Should you, be good. You need to hit play on the app. Nope, I think we're good. Okay. I think we're okay now. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, yes, excited for this game. Look, Texas has won 15 in a row against Rice. For your cousins out there, 10-4-1 against the spread in those last 15 games against the Owls. Um, you know who was a part of the Texas coaching staff the last time the Longhorn slipped up against Rice, Trey? Oh, oh gosh. John Makovic? 
Uh, yep, and that would be our own Bucky Godbolt, who uh, was a part of that 1917 loss back in 1994 that the Longhorns suffered in Houston against the Rice Owls. They they did win the Southwest Conference that year, so they were able to bounce back and be okay. But uh, yeah, uh, disappointing, disappointing for sure. Hopefully, it won't. I won't even say hopefully. That's if not going to happen. If I'm remembering that game correctly, it there was an insane amount of rain falling that night and it was no pun intended here though i guess i do intend it if i preface it with as much but it was the perfect storm of conditions that led to the loss last night didn't make it suck any less i mean losing to rice is uh no offense bk but you're gonna take a stray here so kind of like losing to kansas like even in a year where they're decent to good it's still a tough pill to swallow but uh you know thankfully texas you know we talk about Uh, Quinn Ewers bouncing back from a little bit of adversity. That Longhorn football team did a great job of that. I mean, you lose to Rice, that could completely derail your season. But they come back and finish with a uh, tie for that final Southwest Conference championship was uh, a good way to respond. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Hopefully we're not having any sorts of conversations like that uh, after this weekend. Like you said, hopefully Texas is able to cover and win this game by five touchdowns. A nice 40-plus point victory would be nice. Hell, if they go 58 to nothing like they did two years ago, I think uh, any Texas fan would sign up for that. You're watching Trey and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Trey, how about the new uh, little studio setup that I've got going on in here? You seeing this? I'm digging it, man. I've was uh, I've been distracted a couple of times by the uh, two, v- two TV setup behind you, which does include – a rotation through all the different businesses who are sponsoring Texas Sports Unfiltered. I'd see the 7-Eleven over your shoulder right now. Seeing a Covert back there. Covert B-Caves now on board as well. And I know who did that. I know the reason why that looks so good. It's not you. It's not like you did that yourself over these last couple of days. That's all about audio consultations. I've been doing some mounting of my own, okay, Trey? I've been doing this. Well, uh, fortunately, we're not having to see that in the background right now because that uh, would look much, much worse <laughs> than the two TV setup. Oh, there's another two. screen. We can get that on that one. Uh, hard pass, hard pass. No pun intended with the hard there. Mm. Uh, but yes, that is the work of audiovisual consultations. Uh, we are a week away from the real college football season getting going. Now is the perfect time for you to give audiovisual consultations a call to have them come over to your home or place of business to take care of those home theater needs. They've been doing so for 35 years now. Multiple stops on BK's journey. He's had audiovisual consultations over to put that multi-TV setup into use. In my household, we had that dream home theater set up downstairs, video game nook upstairs. That's all thanks to Tom McCann and audiovisual consultations. Go to avconsultations.com to see what they can do for you. Once you decide on that service that they're going to provide for you, then give audiovisual consultations a call at 512-255-8678. Shout out to AV Consultations. Yeah, somebody commented earlier, I thought you said you had four TVs. That's only two, BK. Well, two in the studio. We've got four in the living room and one in the bedroom. Nobody has more TVs per capita than I do, okay? Per capita, per square foot, per minute, it doesn't matter. Thanks to AV Consultations, I lead the world in TVs. Yeah, per capita, you have more televisions than pluckers because per capita, you're one person and you have like 12 TVs in your two-bedroom apartment. Oh, I need a few more. I still need one in the shower. I got to find a way to make that one happen. Gosh, the worst not being able to watch sports in the five to 10 minutes I'm in the shower sucks. 
It yeah, sucks. Get them on all the ceilings in your uh, in your apartment also. Yeah, there's plenty of other places that audiovisual consultations can put televisions. No doubt. And you talked about the Coverts. Yeah, super excited to have Covert Auto Group on board with us. They're one of our new sponsors here as we get set for football season. Covert Auto Group, they've been around the greater Austin area for more than 100 years. They're committed to providing customers with a high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, as well as outstanding service and customer satisfaction. And yeah, you mentioned it, Trey. Covert B-Cave, not BK, Covert B-Cave. This place is beautiful. I was out there last week, 42 acres in the beautiful hill country located in Bee Cave. They've got seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Seven brands. That means they've got something for everybody. Check out their website, covertbeecave.com, for all of the latest specials and inventory, and stop by and see them. And we're going to be doing some shows out there at Covert Bee Cave, including the day before the Alabama game. That's right. Not this Friday. Next Friday, uh, we are going to be out there with a lifetime Longhorn. We can't mention who yet, but a lifetime Longhorn and a big time. Lifetime Longhorns going to be joining us to have some football conversation. Our friends at Smokey Moe's are going to be providing lunch. We'll be out there at Covert Bee Cave. It's going to be every Friday before every Texas home game, except for this week. We're switching Rice out for Bama because, you know, you know why. I don't have to explain that one. So shout out to Covert Bee Caves for their support of Texas sports unfiltered ek we've got a couple of comments based on your uh per capita claim on the televisions nick says he's got 11 tvs so my question nick is it just you in your home because if so then you do have bk beat per capita right now yeah and tell me about the square footage too i guess that's per square foot not per capita i gotta learn what the hell per capita means but if you got like a nice house you have 11 tvs fine i got a two-bedroom apartment like just over a thousand square feet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've I've got the ratio. We're all looking for the ratio these days. I've got the ratio. Per capita is per population. So you are a population of one. Well, more like three when you are uh when you're mounting your televisions. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh yes, per capita is per person. So right now you have seven, you said seven for one person. Mm-hmm. So if Nick has two people in his house, then all of a sudden, you still win the per capita battle. And CB says this. I didn't realize. It's not surprising. They've got pretty much every technology for televisions at this point. They do sell waterproof TVs. Nice. Good to know. So you can do that. And then I've got to ask you about this one. Jay Ward, who is uh, about as loyal a commenter as exists on the YouTube stream. I'd love to hear Trey's reaction to what Bucky calls corn dogs. I did not hear this part of the Mm -hmm. show this morning, so I may need your explanation. And by the way, I did give Bucky credit last week for accuracy in predicting rain. Now, I gave him a little bit of leeway with that first prediction because I didn't get any rain in Cedar Park, or maybe it spit on us just a little bit, but Bucky swore up and down that it was raining and dripping springs, And so yesterday he calls me and talks about it raining cats and dogs and dripping springs. And it was overcast in Cedar Park once again. And it was really windy. We didn't get a drop of rain, though. And so Bucky once again is claiming that he is the world's most accurate meteorologist. And I'm starting to wonder if he isn't rigging this game to make it seem like he is more correct than he actually is. Because it only seems to be raining and dripping springs when he's calling rain for all of Austin. Yeah, well, he sent me a video of the quote-unquote rain 
yesterday. But at the end of the video, he panned over to the side and I saw his wife holding a garden hose just spraying water. <laughs> That's what the rain that Bucky was talking about was. And none of us are in Dripping Springs, so we had no way to verify it. I live five minutes up the road in Oak Hill, and I got no rain. It looked like it was going to rain. The wind started howling for a while. I thought for sure we were going to get something, but eh, it's probably stupid of me to think that we're getting rain in Austin at the end of uh, August. I got nothing, so I'm calling BS on the uh, supposed rainstorm that hit his house yesterday. See, hearing you say that you didn't get any rain, knowing how close you live to him, I was like, wait a second, there's something going on here. I think this guy is uh, is fudging some numbers to make himself look more accurate. And the sad reality is that he's probably no better than the other professional weather guessers out there. He's just an amateur as it stands right now. They're all amateurs. They have no idea what they are doing. JSDTX, before we uh, talk about week zero and some of our big takeaways from the college football we had on Saturday, are you doing programming on Saturday before or after game? How about both? Yeah, pregame show and postgame show. We'll have more details about the times and the locations before this week is over. But yes, every Longhorn game day, we will have a pregame show and we will have a postgame show. And uh, stay tuned, man. More additions coming to Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're, we're not done. We're not done. I promise some big names are going to be joining our team in the not-too-distant future. We're going to be uh, giving you all more live local programming every single day. So make sure you uh, like the videos, subscribe to the channel, and continue to spread the word. And Once again, help us get to 5,000 subscribers so we can give you all a bunch of cool prizes that we're putting together for our massive 5K giveaway. Nick says, two-bedroom house, five in the basement. He concedes the win to you, BK. So congratulations. You still have the most televisions per capita in Austin. Thank you. And if anyone wants to try me. A corn dog, by the way. Oh, um, he's only had one corn dog in his life, according to him. And he says it reminds him of the Red Rockets. Oh, yeah. He's not totally wrong about that. I'm not talking about Andy Dalton either. Wasn't that his nickname? Oh, it's probably the Red Rifle. That would that'd make a little bit more sense. Sorry about that, Andy. No one's no one was calling him a dog's dong. Some some Bengals fans were referring to him as <laughs> the Red Rocket by the end of his tenure there. Yeah, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Uh college football week zero. Did you watch any of these games? Did you care for any of these games? We did have two ranked teams in action. Now, they weren't playing each other, but we did have Notre Dame take on Navy overseas. We had USC play San Jose State. Any big observations or takeaways from uh, week zero for you? Nothing too crazy. I mean, Notre Dame looked really good offensively and defensively, too, for that matter, against the uh, gimmicky nature of Navy. But if you're a Notre Dame fan right now, you're really encouraged by what Sam Hartman did for you on Saturday. You know, you've had erratic play at quarterback for several years now, but it does seem like you may have finally found your dude, even if for a year. And as far as USC goes, if you're a Trojans fan, maybe you were squeezing a little bit too much in the first half because that was a close game. But ultimately, that USC offense is uh, has a lot of firepower, and they proved it in the second half. Still some questions as to whether uh, Alex Grinch can uh, get himself back on track as a DC. I thought he was pretty good, especially in year one at Oklahoma. And he had a lot of success in the Pac-12, too, at Washington State as Mike Leach's DC but last year was obviously a disaster, and it didn't look great early on, but they have eventually steadied that ship a, a little bit better, too, by the end. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, USC's defense is a problem. You talked about it with Notre Dame. They look good. The sharp man, as I call him, Sam Hartman. Impressive. Like one of the most impressive debuts for Notre Dame quarterback in school history. And that's that's saying something when you're talking about Notre Dame school history. Uh, he looks great. Talked about it last week. Like If you get more than a week to prepare for one of the academies and the gimmicky offense that you talked about, you're usually okay. It's when you catch them, you only have four or five days to prepare. Then sometimes it can cause problems. Notre Dame, they're not playing anybody this weekend either, so there was no overlook factor. They took it out on Navy. They look good. Yeah, USC. Offensively, awesome. Alex Grinch sucks. That guy That guy should not have a job. I don't know why he still does. He might single-handedly ruin the career of Lincoln Riley, honestly. See, I'll say this, though, about his tenure at Oklahoma. They were really good his first year, and the second year was a bit of a drop-off, but I I put more blame on the OU offense in that second year that Alex Grinch was there. Remember, Spencer Rattler was the quarterback for a good chunk of it. It was Caleb Williams' freshman year at OU, too, so he was obviously still uh, getting up to speed and learning the position, but I felt like that defense was keeping them in games at times but it just has not translated at Southern California through a season and a game up to this point. So do things change? Well, they need to because if they don't and that defense remains the sieve that it was last year, Lincoln Riley's going to have to make a midseason change because there is a lot of expectations on them right now. Yeah, I mean, if their defense was better last year, they would have made it to the playoff yep. and their defense couldn't step up in either of those losses against Utah. They've got maybe the best talent in the country at quarterback with Caleb Williams. They've got talent all over the offense. That kid, Zachariah Branch, I don't know if you saw any of his highlights, dude. That guy, oh my God, he's a Deshaun Jackson starter kid. He's going to be a huge, huge problem. If Caleb Williams is going to win another Heisman Trophy, Branch is going to have a lot to do with it. That offense is loaded. They've got the best offense in mind in college football for my money at head coach. But yeah, I just it's hard to trust their defense, man. Hard to trust their defense. And I know it's one game. And USC still won it by four touchdowns, but it does look like that defense is the same as what it was last year. And maybe Lincoln Riley made a mistake by keeping Alex Grinch around. Crazy. All right, before we get into some NFL, we do need to talk about the Cowboys trading for Trey Lance, which caught me and I think everybody by surprise over the weekend. A few more shout-outs. Shout-out to Altstat Beer. Hey, football season, it's upon us. If you need a great beer to accompany all of your football watching this year, Go with Altstat Beer. It's available wherever you buy your six-packs all throughout the state of Texas. They've got a bunch of different brews, too, something for every beer drinker out there. So you can show up to the tailgates, to the watch parties with a few different Altstats, and everyone is going to love you. That's right. You'll be the life of the party every time you show up with Altstat Beer. All of their beers brewed with just four simple ingredients. I'm telling you guys, one sip, and you won't go back to the other beers you've been drinking in the past Altstat beer, no impurities, no regrets. Hey, BK, uh, Altstat was on tap at the karaoke bar that we were at on Saturday, and it was receiving rave reviews. It wasn't the standard Altstat. It was the uh, Altstat Hefe. Yeah. My wife is a big Hefeweizen fan, and uh, she had a lot of great things to say about Altstat's version of that beer. Yep, the Hefe is very, very good. It's all over Austin, man. I was out at Jack Allen's. Earlier in the day on Saturday, had me the Altstat Lager. It's popping up more and more with damn good reason. It's a damn good beer. So, uh, yeah, shout out to to you and shout out to the missus for uh, enjoying some Altstat beer over the weekend. And, yes, Dave, we will be giving away a pair of Texas Rice tickets at some point this week on this channel. Thanks to our friends at CentexTickets.com, another great sponsor 
of Texas Sports Unfiltered. You've got a chance to win. If you don't win the tickets, you can buy tickets on CentexTickets.com. Not only the Rice game, but every game all season long. And of course, it's not just Texas football. All of the college football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever you need tickets to, you can find them online at CentexTickets.com. Trey, the Cowboys made a trade over the weekend. And they traded for a quarterback. That's right, Trey Lance coming over from San Francisco. In return, the Cowboys send the Niners a fourth-round pick. What did you make of that move? What was your initial reaction, and what has your reaction been over the last couple of days since you found out about the Cowboys picking up Trey Lance? Look, I know Trey Lance is a former top draft pick, and so you look at it as, well, this guy was a a top-five draft pick just a couple years ago, and you're only giving up a fourth-rounder to get him. Yes, but... You also feel pretty good about your quarterback room right now, too. In a fourth-round pick, that's not like a seventh-rounder. There is a lot of value to be found in the fourth round of this draft. It was just a bizarre flyer for the Cowboys to take, um, considering that they've done a pretty good job in the middle of drafts in the recent past. But I think they're getting themselves an insurance policy, just in case. They see something out of Dak this year that they don't like. I mean, Dak is in his early 30s at this point, and that is a a pivotal age for a a lot of guys in professional sports, but certainly in football. And that's not to say that he is about to be washed up. And we've seen examples from these last few years of guys winning Super Bowls and MVP awards in their late 30s or early 40s with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So Dak can certainly remain your quarterback for a long time, but that's not certain. Uh, He's in the the last two years – uh, of that extension that he signed just a couple years ago. And so maybe they feel like they can unlock Trey Lance in ways that Kyle Shanahan was unable to do so in San Francisco. I, I don't necessarily think that it was worth a fourth-round draft pick, though, but clearly the Cowboys feel otherwise. How do you as a Cowboys fan feel about that trade? Think about what you just said. Like, Kyle Shanahan wasn't able to unlock Trey Lance. Right. If Kyle Shanahan can't do it, you're telling me I'm supposed to believe Mike McCarthy is going to do it? And Trey Lance just lost a backup quarterback battle to Sam Darnold, too, by the yeah. way. Yeah, like Mike McCarthy might be the size of two Kyle Shanahan's put together. He's not two Kyle Shanahan's put together as a coach. He's not half of Kyle Shanahan as an offensive mind. So uh, I don't I don't get this, man. I've been reading a lot. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I've been looking at Twitter from all of my favorite Cowboys people just trying to justify why the Cowboys made this move and people have their reasons right it's it's a buy low kind of thing it's insurance it's maybe an upgrade at the backup quarterback spot over Cooper Rush although right now I'd rather have Cooper Rush in an emergency situation than Trey Lance I mean Cooper Rush four and one as a starter for the Cowboys the last couple of years like Trey Lance has played in eight games uh, in his NFL career and I think he's got a two and two record overall and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy so I don't know. Like, I just, I can't quite, you know, maybe this is a message to Dak Prescott. Like, hey, Dak, we're not just going to give you a brand new contract. You've got to go out there and earn it. And here's us saying that, you know, you're not the only quarterback we have here. But I don't think Trey Lance is scaring Dak Prescott. Like, Dak has seen what we've seen from Trey Lance, and that's absolutely nothing at the NFL level. So, I don't get it, man. And then, yeah, fourth round pick. I think a fifth would have gotten it done. Problem for the Cowboys is they don't have a fifth. Now, the non-problem for the Cowboys 
you know, they got Stefan Gilmore and Brandon Cooks with fifth and sixth round picks. So, yeah. like, you, you can stomach that. But, yeah, the Cowboys paid a pretty penny. I don't think anyone else was coming close to a fourth round pick. Yeah, I just I can't quite figure out why the Cowboys did it. You said it, former top three pick, so there should be some potential there. But dude, if Shanahan can't figure it out, I, I I don't think there's much hope for Trey Lance in this league. So wait a second. Do the Cowboys lack a fourth, fifth, and sixth round pick in next year's draft now? I think I think they've got some from somebody else. They don't have a fifth rounder. I think they've got another sixth from somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they they've mortgaged uh, some of their day three picks. Which is like, look, the Cowboys are a contender. I, I've been mad at the Cowboys front office for not making trades like the Stephon Gilmore trade, trades like the Brandon Cooks trade, because you'll see really good teams do that every year. It's like, how the hell did that contender get that pretty good player for a fifth? Like, how, how does that work? Matter of fact, the Cowboys did the opposite. They gave up Amari Cooper for nothing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, good teams when they're contending, and the Cowboys should be trying to contend right now, especially in this NFC. Uh, they make those types of trades. Not really the Trey Lance one. That one's a little bit confusing. But uh, to me, it's worth giving up the other picks that they gave up to improve their roster in the short term. Yeah, I mean, look, the L.A. Rams essentially won a Super Bowl with that strategy. They mortgaged the future to try and win now, and it paid off for them two seasons ago. Yeah, exactly. And they were giving up first and second round picks, too. So not just... uh, the day three selections that the Cowboys are giving up. We'll see. I told Bucky this morning, Trey, if look, if it's like one half of football that Dak Prescott ha- has to miss, he gets hurt late in the first half, and then the Cowboys have to make a change for the second half, then okay, I want Cooper Rush in there. But if something happens to Dak where he's got to miss like three or four weeks this season, let's see what Trey Lance has. Let's see what the kid has. Like That's what I want to see. Um, you gave up a fourth. You clearly believe that there might be something there with him Let's actually see, number one, if Trey Lance could stay healthy for more than a quarter or a half of football. But, all right, is he that top three talent that Kyle Shanahan thought he was a couple of years ago? It just depends on how quickly he can learn that playbook because Cooper Rush proved himself last year as a more than adequate game manager, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, all right, there's some Cowboys talk. Um, Some love to some sponsors, shall we? Let's do it. 7-Eleven. Shout out to them. Get ready for football season. With our friends at 7-Eleven, you mentioned you saw their logo behind me a little bit earlier. Uh, big fans of them, and they are big fans of us. Shout out to Ashish. Runs a few different 7-Elevens around the Austin area. Get your beer. Get your big gulps. Get your Slurpees. Get your snacks. Get ready for game day with 7-Eleven. Of course, you don't have to be in Austin to cash in on 7-Eleven. They're all over the Metroplex. They've got them in Houston Get you some 7-Eleven and get ready for football season. And Trey, you're in your uh, relax the back chair, so I'll give you the floor to talk about our friends at RTB. Dude, I needed it today also. As soon as we got up and got the kids out the door and walked them to school, well, I didn't come right back to the relax the back chair because I went and played some volleyball, which is not a good decision if my back was already hurting first thing in the morning. But as soon as I got home, and I got showered off. I came and sat in this chair because it does provide that immediate relief. Just one of those things. As you get older, you're going to find this out at some point. I slept on my side for too long last night, BK, and there wasn't a pillow between my legs. Therefore, my hips started shifting around. When that happens, inevitably, the low back starts hurting too. But thankfully, now my back is feeling great. Thanks to this chair that you see behind me that blends in with my dark brown bookcase in the very back. Well, this is a chair that I purchased through my brother who won it 
from Relax the Back at the Mullet Open a couple of Mullet Opens ago. And it is one of the uh, best purchases I've ever made for $200. As a matter of fact, I'm considering getting the stand-up desk now where I can raise or lower it depending on how the back's feeling that day. Guess who I'm going through for that one? Relax the back. Mm-hmm. And they have a variety of options as well. Some on the more affordable side, some much more expensive, but I know they'll do the dro- job incredibly well if I choose to foot the bill for that one. Find out for yourself. Go to relaxtheback.com to see all the different types of things that they can help you out with, with that hurt or injured or chronically bad back and plenty of other things as well. Absolutely. Shout out to them and shout out to one of our newest sponsors, Last Stand Hats. If you're a Texas fan, you've heard about these guys for the last couple of years. The coolest Longhorn gear that you can find can be found at laststandhats.com. Gear up for football season for yourself. If you've got Longhorn friends and family that you want to hook up with a gift, go over to laststandhats.com. Check out their great selection of Longhorn hats. And of course, it's not just Texas. They've got Texas Tech stuff. They've got UTSA and UNT and TCU and Texas State and a number of different schools represented on their website, plus badass golf polos too. These things are buttery soft. Telling you, they've got a lot going on there at laststandhats.com. Stay tuned because we're going to get y'all a promo code that will get you discounts from your purchases from laststandhats.com, but definitely check them out real, real soon. Trey, we've got a little more than 10 minutes before Chip and Zay. And by the way, uh, it's going to be Zay and BK for the first few minutes today because Chip is still on the 40 acres talking to Steve Sarkeesian and some of the Longhorn players. So, there's your programming note. Well, uh, Zay and I will roll for the first while until Chip shows up. It's going to be two shows in a week and a day that Chip's late to. I have to have a talk with him about that. But, hey, he is working. He is doing Longhorn stuff. But we're almost done on our show, which means it is time for... Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will provide you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are figuring something out. Perhaps all is not lost. And guess what, BK? Today is one of those days. I have a story that I think you are going to love and plenty of other people out there, too, who uh, appreciate air travel but don't always appreciate who they are seated around. But real quick before I get to that story... We do need to mourn the loss of the legendary Bob Barker. Bob Barker died on Saturday. He was 99 years old, just a couple of months from 100. I think it's very fitting that Bob Barker got so close to 100 without going over. Hmm. Bob Barker, at the age of 99, is no longer with us. Rest in peace to the all-time greatest television host, and one of the all-time great can, uh, cameos in cinematic history, too, with him oh. eating the shit out of Happy Gilmore in the movie Happy Gilmore. God, special, special. You're right. For my money, the best game show host of all time. Prime Price is right was elite television, and he was a huge part of that. And yeah, that scene in Happy Gilmore, the price is wrong, bitch. One of the uh, legendary lines from that movie. And you're right. That may be the most iconic scene from that movie. Uh, Bob Barker, a legend for so many different reasons. He will be truly, truly missed. And Julie Bowen, who was the uh, love interest in Happy Gilmore, she went on to star in Modern Family. She shared something on Instagram 
on Saturday after Bob died, not only talking about how amazingly sweet he was, but how uh, when they were talking about doing that scene, initially Bob Barker uh, wasn't going to say the bitch line. But he got into the uh, the actual shooting of it, and just in that final second when he was going to say whatever else was in the script, he decided to throw that in there. And that is truly uh, one of the greatest lines from one of the all-time great quotable films. Yeah, man. And there was, uh, I can't remember if it was SNL or what they recorded this and released this on, but there was like a moment a few years later where Happy Gilmore and Bob Barker met up again. I don't know if you've seen this video. Oh, Bob Barker's in a hospital bed and happy goes by to pay him a visit and they get into it in the hospital room. And it's like just the perfect sequel to that one scene of that one movie. Wait, was that like a, uh, like for funny or die or something? It might've been, I can't remember exactly what it was, Interesting. uh, but it's been obviously popping up on uh, Twitter over the last 24 hours or so since the news of Bob Barker's passing reached the public. But a legend, man. An absolute legend for so many different reasons. A great humanitarian, too. He will be missed. RPM Multimedia says, Barker's Beauties, yes. They were. Uh, they didn't just receive that nickname because they were a part of the show. Apparently, Bob had uh, relations with more than one of the Barker's Beauties over time. Good job, Bobby. Legend. Way to go. Legends. That's right, not the uplifting story. That's depressing. We're talking about a guy dying. What do you mean uplifting? Oh, we're celebrating. Listen, we're celebrating the life of a goat. And, you know, death is one of the uh, the few things that we all share. It's uh, it's birth and death. Those are the two things that we as humans all share with one another. Now to the feel-good story of the day, BK. You have flown on plenty of airplanes in your life, Correct. Correct. Have you ever ended up next to a family with a young child who can't help but to cry his or her little head off throughout the duration of the flight? Or maybe a a child that's not a baby, just a, a really poorly behaved toddler or young child whose parents are clearly not doing a good job of teaching limits and not making the effort to keep that kid calm for the duration of the two to four hour flight. Yes, I feel like I lead the world in that per capita. Most times being sat next to a family with an annoying small child on an airplane. I mean, it happens to me all the time, either right next to me or right behind me. The worst, the absolute worst. It's a common gripe and an understandable gripe too. And I say that as the father of two young children who are pretty good flyers are pretty well behaved whenever we're in an airplane but I completely understand why somebody would be annoyed to no end by that. And by the way, perhaps some of the frustration is directed at the child. Typically the frustration is more about the parents just sitting on their lazy asses, not making any effort to uh, change what is currently happening. So shame on you parents. If you're allowing that to go down on a full flight or even an empty flight for that matter, have more courtesy than that. Well, have I'm, I got I'm an mad at the kid, by the way, I'm more mad at the kid. No, the parents aren't crying. The kid needs to shut the hell up. So you're ready to punch that kid in the face. I'm ready to hit the eject button on that kid's seat and send him out into space. <laughs> are you taking airplanes that are in space? Ah, he'll fly up to space. Gravity doesn't hit them yet. They're too small. I think that's how it works. Got to fact check myself on that deal. 
Well, I've got a uh, an airline for you to uh, maybe consider in the future. Now, unfortunately, this is not an airline that currently operates in the U.S., but maybe we will see some U.S. airlines take up on this idea. The airline is called Corindon, and it is the first European airline to offer a child-free zone for passengers on its airplanes over the age of 16. It'll cost you, starting in November, an extra $75 and ensures that you will not be around anybody under the age of 16 uh, on your, uh, your section of the flight. 75 bucks? 75 bucks. Now, how much of a guarantee do I get? Like, how many rows between this section that you're talking about and the closest crying kid? So they're uh, they're they're giving us a little bit of the uh, the first class treatment here because the child free area will be made up of ninety three seats at the front of the plane as well as an additional nine with extra leg room and and this is where your question gets answered I think it'll be sectioned off with walls and curtains from the child full zone of the aircraft. We need a full wall. The curtain's not going to get it done. I think I like the smoking, non-smoking sections at restaurants. Like, it didn't matter if you were in the non-smoking section. It was the smoking section. You could smell it because that shit would carry. Uh, baby tears, they carry. Baby yells, they carry. Now, you got noise-canceling headphones. The further away, the better chance you are that that noise will be canceled. But still, that's – I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm paying an extra 75 bucks unless there's a full wall in between us, which I don't know if that's possible on a plane. Uh, I'm not, I'm out on this deal. So apparently a couple of other airlines have done the uh, zones for 12 and up, but I feel like that's going too young because 12, 12 year olds can still be little shitheads too. As a matter of fact, I wonder why we don't just go full on 21 and up in these sections. You're, you're going to allow 16 year olds to sit in the adults only section. I know they have slightly different rules and beliefs on things over in Europe, but 16 is, uh, still very much a kid in well, puberty, but it is still a kid. Even if they're adults, you might get something like this. I'm telling you, I'm getting the f- off, and there's a reason why I'm getting the f- off, and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two f- but I am telling you right now, that mother f- that mother f- back there is not real. Could, could get that. She's she's older than 16. Crazy hot matrix in play once again. Look, that might uh, increase your chances of uh, achieving mile high club status. Mm. You can convince her that you're real. I guess so. I got to work on that. You the single guy? I'm, I have no interest in that. That's <laughs> like a, a big headache. Good save. Are you paying for this? Uh, I mean, can I leave my kids in the back of the plane and co- go up to the front? <laughs> oh, yes, I'm paying. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's I, good. I have move. no problem paying for extra leg room. I will definitely pay to keep my kids in the very back. And again, my kids are well behaved. We uh, we pretty much re- drop all of our screen time rules and are like, yeah, play video games and watch movies for all two to four hours of this flight. Yeah, please, please. All right, shout out to Brain Vault and Dr. Greg Eckert, uh, one of our new sponsors, Eckert Dentistry. We've been friends with Dr. U for a long time. He's the best dentist in all of Central Texas. 
Go to his website, DrEckert.com, to schedule an appointment. Check out the great work they're doing with Brain Vault 2, changing the game, keeping our young athletes around Central Texas safe. Find that at BrainVault.com. Some love to Woods Comfort Systems and Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment as well. Definitely check them out and support all of our sponsors because, well, they support us, and we really do appreciate that. That's going to do it for Midday with Trey and BK. Once again, Zay and BK for a while. I'm starting the show. Chip will jump in at some point. Lord knows when that's going to happen. But uh, we're done here. Trey, great job today, my friend. Great job to you, my friend. We will be back tomorrow at 12 o'clock. We're switching videos. So get out of this video, go to the new video, and find Zay and BK coming your way next. Hook them.